Hello. Hi, we are back. My name is Ellie Angel Mobs and welcome to another episode of Living with Endo, the A to Z of endometriosis, where this podcast talks all things endo, an illness that affects one in nine women in Australia. And it's proudly partnered with Endometriosis Australia, who do amazing work in our country to help create more awareness and fun to research as well, which is super vital to be able to discover a cure, hopefully, in the future for endo. In the meantime, on these podcasts, we chat to many walks of life when it comes to the endo community. A lot of those are our ambassadors and endo champions. And on this episode, he's one of our mendo champions. A man getting behind Endometriosis Australia. We love these guys. Previously, we've had Jamie on, um, but this one is with a man you may remember back in the day. He was like the voice and on video hits. His name is Nick Hardcastle. He's an entertainer. He's a singer. He's the jack of all trades. And his family has been affected by endometriosis quite dramatically. It's an amazing podcast involving Nick Hardcastle and his sister, Melissa. Hello yourself. Now, you are the jack of all trades. You're an entertainer. You're a media personality. You've tackled the stage, the screen, radio, music, television. Is there anything you haven't done? Um, Gosh, I've never... I'm not very good at DIY, but I do try... <laughs> so I haven't, like, built my own house or anything like that. I Actually, do you know what it is? I've never been a waiter or a barman. I think I'm one of the only actors... Or performers I know that hasn't done that yet. Well, maybe that should be the next thing you try and do. Why not? I hope not. Check it out. <laughs> okay. Shout out to anyone who hears a bartender and a, a waiter and waitresses. You do an amazing job. I'd be, I'd be terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to chat to you on this podcast because you are a Mendo champion for Endometriosis Australia. So this is where we get the blokes talking about endometriosis, which... And they don't come blokier than me. Are you all right? My sister just cracked up in the background. That was so rude. <laughs> the reason why you're a Mendo champion is because of your sister, who is That's Melissa. Right. She's older mm-hmm. than you, and she has got yep. stage four endometriosis. That's right. When did you first discover this word? Well, we were just talking about it a little while ago. Melissa was diagnosed about six and a half years ago, and at that point when the doctor said it to her, she couldn't even pronounce it back to her. So that was literally the first time She'd heard it. So it was six and a half years ago that she learned about it. And then it would be like, okay, what is this? Mind blown. Let's get onto Google. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially after like so many years of being told she was a hypochondriac or, you know, that um, she had to just deal with it, suck it up. She was, you know, being precious, being sort of thrown around um, different prescriptions for different pills, you know, Diprovera injections, all sorts of things to try and manage her menstruation and you know, various things. So even though it was sort of, um, at least it was it was something that could be held on to to investigate, to try and explain and, and give validity to the way that she'd been feeling all this time. And so you as a brother, to see your sister physically and mentally going through such anguish, it must be really difficult, especially because you're a guy and you don't understand the whole period. That's thing. right. I can't imagine, I can't begin to... Uh, understand what that pain feels like and what it means in terms of just you being a woman and your femininity and your ability to. The main thing is I feel like sometimes that, you know, through the debilitation that it causes, but also sometimes the 
the, the pain um, relief that's required as well. Like I, I, I miss my sister. She misses out on so many things because of it, you know, unable to take part in physical things or things that require to be out all day. She came over to visit me with the kids in Los Angeles and she really did her, her best to participate in everything. But, you know, walking around a theme park for 10 hours, mm. that's just too hard. You know, taking long walks up Runyon Canyon or um, any of these things that you really want to show you know, your family when they've come to visit you in Hollywood, um, you know, it's hard. And we, you know, there's times where I've celebrated milestones of my own, like, you know, my big birthday parties and things like that, um, opening a show or whatever, where it comes down to the wire and she just can't make it because she's just in too much pain. Yeah. And she, and she would feel so bad as well like, for not being there. Absolutely. It, it then plays into the anxiety and depression and all the, you know, the mental health aspects of mm. this illness that um that just are like a double whammy you know it's one thing to be in physical pain all the time but when it takes such a toll on your ability to just live and be human and interact with people and you know having to explain why you're in pain to people that don't get it mm. um or why you can't be somewhere or participate in something just takes its own toll too it becomes super boring you just feel over it so you'd rather just stay at home so that you don't have to deal with all of those things. Mm. And she's an incredibly social, fun person. She she thrives in the company of people and, you know, she's always been up for a great time. I mean, I am an actor because of her. It's because she was doing drama and she was amongst all of that kind of stuff and she always really fueled my imagination and self-expression. So, you know, when things like that are taken away from somebody as well, it's, it's really sad it is literally depressing do you know what i think's wonderful is hearing guys talk about their loved ones and how it affects how endometriosis affects you know uh, we had jamie on the show previously his girlfriend mm-hmm. has got really uh you know i think it was stage three endometriosis right, she only just right. got diagnosed to hear him passionately going I-, I-, I want to be able to do something as a guy and then to get your perspective of being a brother seeing your sister going through it's actually because i've got an older brother right and i've never thought mm-hmm twice. I'm going to, oh, well, I wonder what Tr- Tristan thinks of his poor little sister going through this. I never mm-hmm. really thought about it. And hearing you speak, he's like, right. It has a huge impact on the entire family because it changes the dynamics of special occasions. It, you know, you're seeing someone who you've grown up with your whole life, you know, it, it, looks, it feels like she's deteriorating mm-hmm. and she's young and she's got two young kids and she should be doing all of these super fun things with, with them. And she literally can't because of something that's completely out of her control Mm. so we're all always trying to find ways to just help her not just manage it but you know just improve all the time everybody's invested in her journey everyone in our family that is last night for example we were all you know looking into you know a new way to manage pain that's natural just we're always trying to we're always trying to see look and the great thing about melissa is she'll try She'll try anything. She'll mm. give anything to go because at this point we can't get worse. Mm. We can't. I love that about her too. She's like, "Yep, all right, let's try this. Let's do this. Yep, got to give it a try." <laughs> and we will, and we'll, and we'll get there, you know. And hopefully, as as we're trying and research continues and efforts continue, you know, hopefully there's there's some sort of relief coming. But but in the meantime, it, it's a it's a slog, and you know. Sometimes we just have to sit back and, and just be compassionate, even though it's really frustrating yeah. um, for everybody. Super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, far out. Can't, you know, can't we just have a, a normal family day without this, you know, invisible thing just 
ruining everything. Yeah. That's where we're at for now. And we just have to sort of accept our lot and do the best that we can to control what we can and, and provide just, you know, safety and compassion for her when she needs it. And it's great to have you as a voice for Endometriosis Australia by being a Mendo champion. And I know that in the future you are planning some sort of fundraising event um, mm-hmm. to get people into the theatre because, well, you guys have been through such a tough slog because of COVID and also to help yeah. raise money for Endo. Yeah, that's right. We've really, performing artists, particularly those who work in the live sector, have really suffered a lot of blows since March last year. And, you know, it's just the way that I know how to give is by bringing groups of people together and, and celebrating in, in the theatre. And um, we had planned a show just before Christmas 2020, um, which unfortunately, due to that Northern Beaches outbreak, we had to cancel or will at least postpone kind of indefinitely. Hopefully there'll be something late February, um, but absolutely I will be bringing a wonderful lineup of talent together as well as some money can't buy, or well, that they can on this day, some great sort of um, bespoke experiences that are going up for auction or to raise money for Endometriosis Australia. And in the meantime, I also have a, uh, I had a festive fundraiser online, which you can still donate to, or anyone that's listening can still donate to at the Endometriosis Australia website. Okay, we'll get around it, guys. Endometriosisaustralia.org for all the info. And I understand that your sister, Melissa, is there. We do want to have a quick chat with her just to see how she's feeling today. Yep, she is right here. Hold the line, please, Caller. Here she is. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Melissa, you have got the most beautiful brother in the form of Nick. Oh, oh thank you. I'm I know, right. I know. We, we're, he's, we're, we're best mates, absolutely. I'm getting quite, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit emotional just hearing him speak like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah. So sorry. No, don't but, apologise at all. Yeah. But it, it goes to show how much it means for you to have Nick by your side, especially on those days when you are in yeah. so much pain, to at least know, okay, I can rely on Nick to heat up a hot water bottle, make a cup of tea, just be that extra set of hands to take care of the kids, to help around the house, to have that support behind you when you're at your darkest moment. It is really important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and as he was saying, when we are in the States, like we did do a lot of walking and that was before I had the hysterectomy. So like that's when I was like, you got your period and it was just like everywhere. And I said to Nick, we have to go home. And he's like, what do you mean? And I just went, really have to go home? It was, I was just covered in blood and I was just like, oh my God. And it was, I think that was the first time Nick kind of saw, like, cause, because Endo so, you look fine. Yeah, you look fine. But he saw that and went, oh, my God. And it's like, yeah, because people look at me and go, you look fine. And it's like, I'm not fine. I'm really not. Yeah, if you like, saw the insides, you'd be saying different. Yeah, and we did. And we, and we actually had did. that surgery, and we actually saw what it looks like inside you. It's awful. And we're like, oh my god, it's like a horror film. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Look at those, you look at the po- the after picture, like what? That's been what? in my body. That wow. Yeah, yeah I was pretty like because I thought it was only it was only meant to be a two hour surgery, and it turned into six and a half. And they didn't think it was got like it had just gone everywhere, and they couldn't get to my ovary and. I had I had not really done a lot of research um, when they said let's do the hysterectomy, you'll be fine, and I'm like oh okay, and unfortunately 
it was done by a gynecologist that wasn't very experienced and really made quite a mess of me inside and gave me nerve, chronic nerve pain as well. And oh it was it's but just... She also went through your cesarean scar and took yeah. the spreading to that as well. Which is... Yeah, it's, um, it's the lack of... Like, what I love about um, Endometriosis Australia, like, I got um, on your Facebook page when I found you guys, it was like, oh, my God, it, it was... It saved me. I was like, thought I was all by myself. I had no one else that had it. I couldn't talk to anybody. And the women on the Facebook page, honestly, the conversations, I don't, I don't know these women personally, but, but I consider them sisters because the conversations that have pulled me from the edge where I've just been, I cannot get out of bed this morning. They are amazing. It is quite an isolating, debilitating disease because, one, you know, no one can see it and you think that you're going through it alone because it is women's business. We can't talk yes. about this. Yes. We really are trying to break that stigma and to have these open and honest conversations go, right, it's not normal. Mm-mm. No, it's not. It is like a sister community, the Endometriosis Australia Facebook group. Oh, yeah, it is. It's absolutely wonderful. And and I just love that there's more awareness out there now. Like we're getting we're getting the word out and people are like, oh, okay. And like my mum's even, she's a beautician, she's getting women that are coming in and either they've got it or their daughter's got it or their sister. Like we're now knowing people are like going, okay, just... just or, or even being able to say so, to another woman when they're talking about certain things, have okay. you had someone test you or check you for endo? Yeah. And and they might not have even heard of it themselves mm. at that point. My children are amazing. Like they, they talk about it quite, I've had to rely on my, my son. He's 14 in April. And there's been quite a few times where my son's had to help me out of bed and get me to the toilet. And, you know, that was one of the, or, or help me sort of like even get out of bed because I physically couldn't. And that caused me such worry, but um, he he said, Mum, I wouldn't have it any other way. And it has made both my children rather really empathetic, beautiful human beings. And I'm proud of that. But at the same time, I do worry as a mum. Like, I, they get scared a little bit, see me in pain, but at the same time, they're kind of used to it. I'm just hoping that if they can find something to ease it. I know mm. that I'm stuck where I am. But that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. <laughs> Never. Absolutely. Never. You sound so determined to yeah. just do whatever you can to make it so, yeah. hey, you can function like a normal person. Exactly. Right. To be pain-free would be, I don't know what that would feel like, but it would be amazing. <laughs> How long have you been in pain for? Um, well, um, most of my, since, since you were a teenager, since really. I was a teenager, until I sort of, they put me on Depravera. Yeah. I don't even know why I didn't question this. I was living in Brisbane, Brisbane and they did um, an internal, like, you know, you did, what are they called? Oh, God. Oh, the internal exam yeah, with the camera. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and then they also did um, scan me and all that kind of stuff. And then he said, oh, there's a growth there. But it's okay, but I don't think, you, you know, your possibility of having children is, is probably about 5%. And I'm like, well, what do I have? And he, I was kind of just left there with, like, what? And so I just accepted, okay, I'm not going to have kids. And then I got pregnant with my son and I think it wasn't, I didn't realise, I just didn't believe I was pregnant until I was eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And everything was fine after I had my, my son. But when I had my daughter, 
that's when the end, like I was okay for a while, but with the end, I came back like so bad after her. Wow. Like, I don't know like why I was going through like pregnancy, the big super tampon button pads, yeah. like a pack, a pack of 20 a day. Oh my God. And, when, and I'm like, that's not normal. And then finally I found a doctor who actually listened and gave me a name to it. And you went, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I'm like, I well, now I all I see knowledge is power, and that's all I've done since. When after after what happened to me with the hysterectomy, I'm like I will read, listen, do anything mm. to find out and to help. And I'm you know I've got a couple of friends that they become friends because of in Indo Australia, and um, they they when they're they're down, they sort of send me a message or ring me, and they're younger than me. They're about twenty years younger, but um, it's it's just. Endo sisters, we're endo yeah, warriors. We have that support, it's awesome. and it's great that you guys have yeah. created that. So thank you for that. I mean, thank you for that platform for us all. Because without that, I, I know myself. I I don't know where I'd be I'd, without it. Honestly. I'd be banging my head up against a wall, going, "What's going on? Am I crazy? <laughs> Someone yeah, please come and talk yeah, to me." <laughs> yeah, exactly. A big shout out to Donna for yeah. all of her. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. She is incredible. Donna is the brains behind Endometriosis Australia. She has created this not-for-profit charity and and doing such amazing things and is enabling us to have... Yeah, while still going through her journey and her pain and all that kind of stuff, I think, you know... She's made a massive community of people that... of women that are supporting each other. So thank you, Donna, very, very much because... Yeah, she, she saved my sanity quite a few times. I bet. And for the future <laughs> girls of Australia as well, you know, hopefully there'll be a time where there is a cure for endometriosis. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's all, and that's what I hope for my daughter. I hope that she doesn't, you know, she, I hope she doesn't get it. Yeah. That's all I can say. Mm, my so yeah. my mum, it sounds very similar to to you. So uh, my brother was born. Then three years later, uh, I was born. They told her that the chance of me even being like her, them conceiving was like, you know, 1% that you'll be able to fall pregnant again. And then yeah. hello, along I come. And then, uh, you know, six months later, I think she ended up having a hysterectomy at the age of 33. Wow. And then her fear growing up was, oh, my God, is Ellie going to have endometriosis? I hope mm. for the – and she's a nurse. Yeah. I hope she oh. doesn't. And then, you know, I got sick and, and, and this is where we are now. And even her as a support is just – is a, yeah, it's amazing. And um, I, I know exactly how you probably feel too. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about Nan? You were saying that yeah, – because like, obviously there is some sort of hereditary genetic sort of disposition to this. Correct. And it's just that we we haven't heard about it, you know, until fairly recently. Mm. But Melissa was, was also saying that she used to have conversations with our grandmother, who's since passed, when she was having terrible periods. And Nan would, would say to her, oh, I had that curve. Yeah, Nan would always But she didn't know what it was. She didn't know what it was. She just said, I wasn't like all, the, all my other friends. I, I'm sorry, darling, you've got the curse. I couldn't get out of bed. Mm. And, like, they didn't talk about it then. You know, oh, heavens, no, you wouldn't talk about it in the 50s <laughs> about your period. So it, I just remember having those conversations with my nan and when they asked me, is there anyone in my family? I went, yeah, my grandma, like obviously, because she talked about it a lot and that's why she was so empathetic with me. And mm. um, when everybody else in the family was like, oh, God, here she goes again. Like, 
and when your own family saying that to you, like, and they don't know, and but you know, so you start to feel like maybe I am in my head, maybe, mm. you know, it's horrible. Mm. And my daughter has got her period quite early. She's only she's ten, and wow. so I'm keeping a super major eye on her. Yep. And she's a tough little cookie, though. Oh, they breed them tough these days. Yeah. Oh, she's pretty extra special tough. <laughs> well, with Nick as the uncle and Melissa, you as the mum, uh, she sounds like a, a ripping daughter. <laughs> it's interesting, that, you know, you, you think of endometriosis, it is a curse, but it also can be, when you think about kind of a strange blessing in disguise, when you yes. do get to meet these amazing endo sisters in the community yes. via the Endometriosis Australia Facebook page. Oh God, as much as it sucks, at least we've got each other. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and that's one thing that I always say to other women that have just been diagnosed, especially because they're so scared. Mm. And it's like, talk to us. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't know us. I've talked to women in in England, in America. Like, you know, we're all here mm. to help one another. We all want the same goal, and that is to find a cure or to find something that can help us that isn't drug related, mm. and or and have a, and have the doctors like when you go into the emergency, they treat you like a junkie. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I I actually was. This man came in like I've been waiting for three hours, and I was at the point of nearly convulsing. I was in that much pain. Mm. He had a stomach ache, and he got he got seen within half an hour of presenting. I had to wait, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Because they thought you were just there for drugs? Yeah, they thought I was just there for drugs. Mm. Even though, like, my friends were with me, and I was grey, my lips were purple, I was in so much pain, and they just treat you like, well, you're just drugs, you're just there for drugs, and yeah. that's it. That's the horrible part. Mm. They need to be, they really need to have the doctors and people on the front line need to be educated a lot more. Melissa, you're not the first person who's told me a similar story like that. I've heard many a story about endo people being stuck in ED and just not being treated the right way. Our doctor's just going, nah, nothing. Yeah. You'll be fine. Take this, go home. They yeah. just don't understand the seriousness and the, and the no, pain that we do no. go through. No, and the swelling of your stomach. Mm. How gross is that? Oh, the endo belly. What a yeah. good look. That's an awesome look. Yeah. Like, and someone oh, needs no. to invest in special endometriosis pants where yeah. you wear them when you've got the endo bloat going on. They can make oh, a fortune. Yeah. If I was any good at fashion, I totally would do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon, yeah, definitely. Because it looks like you swallowed a basketball. Mm, it's not a good look. <laughs> No, my, no. <laughs> well, Melissa and Nick Harcastle, thank you so much for being so open, so honest about your journey, for having such a, an yeah. amazing, beautiful brother to support you, Melissa. That must oh. make it hell of a lot easier for you. I mean, it has been hard because I've been based in LA for the last eight years since she's been diagnosed. I have travelled home for her surgery and, yeah, and you know, a couple of things, um, which is how I got in touch with Endo mm. Australia in the first place. But... It's nice to be able to be here for an extended period and to be able to actually really, you know, participate and support. And, um, of course, like, that just goes without question. 
I bet. Well, it's a pleasure to have you home, Nick. Thank you so much for your time. And we cannot wait to see what you have installed in future to help raise some money for Endometriosis Australia as a Mendo champion. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. so much, Ellie. Thank you, Ellie, for having us. Appreciate it so much. That was Nick Hardcastle and his sister, Melissa. You can follow Nick on Instagram and that way you can keep an eye out on the fundraiser he is going to be doing for Endo Australia. Um, Just search Nick Hardcastle on Instagram or Google him. You'll be able to find all of the details. Don't forget, you can get in contact and find out everything that you need to know. The number one source is endometriosisaustralia.org. And hey, if you really are enjoying this podcast series, make sure you give it five stars, leave a little review, and you are more than welcome to get in touch with me as well with any suggestions you'd love to hear on this podcast because I want to be creating a podcast for our endo community that you're enjoying, that you take a lot of information out of and that you're able to relate to as well. So you can hit me up, Ellie Angel Mobs, on Instagram or shoot the team at Endometriosis Australia an email. You stay safe and we'll chat soon. Thanks so much for listening.